the energetics of awakening. This is a broad topic. I could write an entire book on this. I could do an entire video series on this. But this video is just a sort of primer. I just want to touch into a few points, mostly the commonly asked questions about this, uh, this topic. So when I say energetics, I just mean the uh, non-psychological and mostly non-emotional aspects of the awakening process. So energetic and physical would be one way of saying it. And the experiences, the um, manifestations or side effects of awakening, however you want to say that, uh, that are uh, considered energetic in, in the way I'm speaking or considered uh, physical manifestations are quite varied. There are um, people who experience very little of this actually, or perhaps are just aware of very little of it, but certainly some people experience a far less uh, volume, intensity, frequency of energetic experiences associated with this process than others. Some people experience quite a lot. I should also say that at different points in the awakening process, the energetics can come into play uh, far more intensely than in other aspects of the awakening process for a given individual. So I'm not trying to suggest that it has to go a certain way or that there are certain points where you should or should not feel energetic uh, shifts and so forth. I'm just pointing out that this can change for anyone. Uh, throughout the, the awakening process, and that some people certainly have more of this than others. Generally speaking, as the awakening process unfolds, as things clarify and deepen, we tend to have more energetic shifts. We tend to have more energetic side effects. We tend to be more aware of the energetics of the awakening process. Early on, we often have what I would call energetic components, but we don't recognize them as such. So for instance, pain, physical pain, even chronic pain. Uh, myself, it was like headaches. I used to get tons of headaches. I would have essentially daily headaches. I had them all the time. And sometimes they were very intense and sometimes they were migraine headaches. Sometimes they were more like tension headaches, but it was just a chronic thing for me. <laughs> and I really, you know, looking back, it's kind of funny that I didn't ever associate it with the awakening process, but it started, um, I think before awakening for sure, but after awakening, it was very intense for a handful of years. And it just didn't even occur to me that that's what it was. I was so much energy being released into the head uh, that I had no idea how to manage that energy. I wouldn't even have thought that energy management was a thing back then. So um, <clears throat> perhaps we're better off now that we have more information about this and people are talking more about it and we have a lot of good modalities to manage energy and so forth. Um, but yeah, it, it, it can just feel like chronic pain, tension, muscle tension, um, sometimes even strange neurologic symptoms like tingling, twitching, things like that. Now, I should always uh, premise this kind of discussion by saying, if you ever have a new neurologic symptom, um, you know, something that is an abnormal functioning of your nervous system or your musculoskeletal system, like arm twitches and um, tremors, things like that, you, it's always a good idea to get it checked out just to make sure a physician takes a look at you and decides whether or not that's something, you know, that's primarily medical that needs to be treated or it's just some, you know, strange 
neurologic side effect of, of awakening. Now, they may not know that, but often, you know, some tests are run and kind of ruling out the, the serious things like a tumor or, um, you know, multiple sclerosis, things like that, and, and kind of ruling out the, the serious things. And then sometimes it's a matter of treating symptoms if necessary or just, just letting, it, letting it ride out. So always consider the possibility that there is a, a primary medical issue that needs to be addressed because, of course, we all inhabit these bodies and these bo bodies aren't perfect and they do um, suffer from medical illnesses and so forth. So I just wanna always put that out there. <clears throat> now, the, the pain component of this that often comes in earlier is often a tension sort of thing. It's can be quite intense, can be quite painful, but it's often in the neck, head, back, uh, it's often muscular. It feels like it's deep in the muscles. Uh, it often has some component of resistance to it, um, or you can discern that there is some resistance associated with it. And one clue that often tells us that this is associated with something to do with this unbinding process is that there is a sort of emotional component to it. Now, as we um, move on in this process, as we become more clear, that's when we often become more discerning and start to recognize the connection between uh, repressed emotion or emotional landscapes uh, that are playing out in our life and the physical energetics or physical pain that, that are going on. But sometimes early on, we don't even recognize that. So uh, just know that often these symptoms will come with uh, certain kinds of emotional tones. And you know, I'm being very general because this is very different for different people. So I can't make any specific um, uh, connections for you because it's gonna vary a lot. So some people are gonna notice that, yeah, when I feel a certain kind of sadness around a certain part of my childhood or something, I feel tension in my shoulder, just as an example. Or you know, other kinds of trauma you've had may sort of coincide you know, within a, few days or a couple of weeks with a certain kind of pain state. So just be aware that that's often the case. Now, um, as we wake up and after we wake up and as we continue to wake up and as the unbinding continues, often these become more, um, sometimes more intense, but often more fleeting in the sense that they, they kind of come out of nowhere and they just disappear again instead of being sort of chronic daily you know, ongoing pain states or something like that. Now, even this pattern is variable, but often we start to experience things more directly and we start to feel into the emotional components of things more. Um, and that gives us access to the energetic components of it. And that allows us to sort of dissipate parts of this, this you know, pain body or whatever that will allow the sensations or the side effects or the pain to dissipate more quickly. And then often it comes back and then there's another aspect to address or another emotional tone uh, to this that we can investigate and find, you know, where the, where the, the repressed um, experience or the resistance pattern is hiding. So a lot of this is shadow work, you know, um, seeing what's hidden, finding what's hidden. And it comes off in layers. This can take some time before you really get to the deep stuff. And often every layer that comes off, there's an energetic shift with it. So just know that this is all tied together, but it's often 
vaguely associated at first, and it's a little hard to really get to, largely because the mind is too involved. It, it, we, we don't realize, but the analysis and the over, um, I don't know what, the, the over-interpretation of what's happening is actually not helpful. We're going into our mind. We're using the mind to avoid the experience instead of just dropping right into the experience and feeling it very directly. But as we learn to feel it directly, then more movement tends to happen and these layers tend to come off. And this can take some time, can take years. So just be aware that this isn't a short-term situation usually, especially if you feel a lot of this stuff. Um, often people will uh, have what are called, say, kundalini experiences, which are often associated with specific environments or situations where you're listening to, say, a non-duality video, you're one-on-one -on -one, uh, working with a teacher, you're at a retreat, and you start to notice, you know, twitches of your body, your eyes are twitching, your hands, your arms, uh, you feel like shaking or moving around, and it feels kind of involuntary, but there's often an ability to sort of suppress it depending on your situation, your social environment and so forth. Um, these kinds of movements are pretty natural and some people have a lot of them. So just know that that can also happen. Uh, another thing that's pretty common is that this stuff tends to break through in sleep. It tends to, the, the unconscious tends to, you know, sort of get your attention in sleep when you're going off to sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night or you're kind of in a, a twilight sleep, that's often when we'll feel this and we'll feel a lot of uh, um, energy moving through the body, energy being released, the body wants to shake, tension, um, twitching, or just a sensation of like restlessness. Like I need to just lay on the floor and roll around or twitch and shake and like this is really common stuff. So um, all I've been through all of this. This has all happened for me and I've had periods where there's so much energy moving through at night that I'm like rolling around the floor and letting my body shake. And you just kind of find your way into these ways to regulate and release energy. So all of this stuff is very normal with this process. You know, you may not have much of this and if you don't, it's okay. Don't feel like, you know, you're getting the short end of the stick or you, you know, you wish you had this so that you could feel more validated in the, in the spiritual process or something. It's not like that. Um, you're probably better off better off if you don't have a bunch of super intense energy in Kundalini, but whatever, it is what it is. So yeah, it's just different for everyone, but it's quite normal if you go through this. If you wake up shaking, twitching, wanting to move the body around, um, you'll start to notice more and more that the, bind, the mind and body's uh, connection is really more like a continuum and you'll feel like the psychological components, the emotional components, and the physical components simultaneously, you'll start to understand it at a much more intuitive um, level. And, um, you know, you just give it space and you give it your attention. And over time, you learn that what's really going on has far less to do with what your mind is saying or thoughts or beliefs or interpretations or, you know, I'm, I'm depressed or this is happening or that's happening in my life or it's just a bunch of talk in, in the mind. It's a bunch of thoughts, right? And you stop paying as much attention to that. And you start paying much more attention to this direct experience, the, what the body feels like it needs to do right now. Does it need to move? Does it need to shake? Does it need to posture? Does it need to walk? Does it need to sit? Um, and you start to just trust your body mind far more in the immediate. Uh, and so, yeah, sitting, uh, Unbinding from from the the polarities of consciousness is very valuable. 
a silent sitting, still sitting. It's all great. But there's also this other very dynamic aspect to this that is, uh, in my opinion, um, really good to address. And and how do you address that? There are a lot of ways to address this energy management that gets more and more important the more you wake up. Um, TRE is one. It's called trauma releasing exercise. It's uh, really uh, just a sort of formalized or perhaps not formalized, but uh, proactive um, practice of shaking, tremoring, and so forth. You can look that up anywhere on um, YouTube and you can find facilitators as well. So uh, just be aware that, that that's out there. Uh, many people find their way into it anyway, as I said, like you wake up knowing the body needs to move and twitch and shake and so forth. But to uh, have it as a practice that you do on a daily basis can be uh, very helpful to regulate energy instead of just waiting till it's too built up and it has to regulate itself. So that's TRE. Uh, there are all kinds of movement practices. Um, intuitive movement is a really good way to go. Uh, perhaps ecstatic dance, um, yoga, tai chi, qigong. So there are many modalities of, of movement that may be helpful. But consider those possibilities. Maybe just dance of some sort. Uh, consider that. Consider a practice where you actually cause the body to move, especially in intuitive ways, proactively, you give it uh, permission to move in the way it, it feels natural to move. That may really help regulate a lot of this if you if you have a lot of this energetic, um, uh, these energetic side effects and so forth. So that's just a, a simple primer. And this video was really made because of a handful of questions and comments I got over the last two days about this stuff. So I thought I would just put this out here so that, you know, if you're going through it, it's normal. And you'll probably have more of it as time goes on, but you may or may not. Some people get a lot of it and it's very intense. Uh, and the more intense it is, the more of it you have, the more I think it's important to learn to regulate energy through some sort of movement practice usually, but uh, you can feel into that and try different things and see what really works for you. So hopefully it's helpful. Let me know in comments what your experience is and whether you want any other specific questions answered. And there are other uh, energetic experiences I didn't even talk about, like truly ecstatic states, truly uh, dysphoric states that are alternating between one another. Um, all kinds of wild and crazy things can happen. Hallucinations can happen. Uh, all kinds of bizarre and strange and interesting shifts in consciousness. Uh, so the energetics of this become more prominent over time as you start to experience reality in a more direct way, uh, because ultimately this is all energy, right? <laughs> it's all just a bunch of fields of potential interacting with one another. We call that energy.